EJ, I'm excited to have you here because I went to New Orleans class of 2013. I played ball there. I was also there for the 15 and 0 football season. So I just remember what it was like to be a part of that and just be at New Orleans and just know what it felt like to have a really good football team. I want to know how it feels for you to have a chance to do that at New Orleans because I feel like a lot of the hype and the conversation around your team is similar to that 2011 squad. I mean, man, honestly, it's just it's just a blessing. It's really a blessing. I just truly appreciate everything that my coaches have provided. And I just truly appreciate all my teammates for even being able to come, come together as they did. You know, it must have been new for them, you know, a different environment. A lot of the kids didn't know each other, but, you know, they, they were willing to take the risk to come together as a team. How would you describe your leadership style on this team? I mean, I feel like my leadership style is kind of different than, you know, other people. You know, a lot of people I've seen in, you know, just other leadership roles that I've looked up to, you know, they were more like a aggressive leader type. Me, really, I kind of understand how it feels like to be yelled at and like to not take the yelling well. So I kind of try to understand my teammates more, you know, actually talk to them. Now, if they need that constructive criticism, I could deliver that. But, you know, I also try to help, you know, understand how they feel into a certain extent. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I know that mental toughness is big for you. I watched an interview with Footballville Nation, and you said that you played two seasons on a torn meniscus and still playing, still making plays. Yeah. Did you finally get the surgery, or are you still yeah. rolling? No, I finally, I finally got the surgery, man. I mean, I finally got the surgery. You know, you know, it was God willing. He blessed me so much where I was able to get my surgery over the you know, over the pre-off season and still be able to come back and kind of play on it during 7-on-7, but, you know, it, it fully heals, so it's fine. There's nothing wrong, and, you know, it's, I'm just blessed, really. Yeah, I think that I think says a lot about you because I cannot imagine doing anything on a tour of meniscus, let alone playing football game. I know you're coming off of a 529-yard game, six touchdowns. Like, those numbers are out of this world. Like, how are you able to do this week after week? I mean, well, first thing is just it's just being able to understand the offense, understand the situation that I'm being put in, and just really understanding, you know, the little things that I see on the field, like, you know, the way a guy's standing, you know, taking advantage of the, the small key details. So, you know, something that I've been blessed with is a great OC. He's really taught me how to take my game to that next level, how to really – think outside the box when it comes to being a quarterback. Like, um, Jaquay Nunley, man, he's just – he's amazing. Like, he's like – like, he really puts common sense into football. So, it's just like when you look at it from his point of view and you think the way he thinks, it just – it takes it to that next level because he was, you know, a college wide receiver, one of the best to come out of family. There's nobody better to learn from. Yeah, that's awesome. And talk a little bit about your relationship with Coach Bird. I know he played quarterback back in the day, and he's been at Norland forever – like churning out talent. Yeah. So how's your relationship with him? I mean, Coach Berg is definitely a disciplinarian, but he's also a guy that I look at for that leadership role, you know, because Coach Berg is the is the example of a perfect balance when it comes to that leadership role. Because Coach Berg could talk to you nice and Coach Berg could get you behind. And really it's just, it's a honest, perfect balance. And it's honestly, it's jaw dropping and inspiring to watch him do it day in and day out. Because every day you just look at him and how he's able to control an environment, to control a team, and then to control a group of grown men with egos and different personalities and different everything. 
And it's just to see him do that every day, it's honestly like you wonder how he does it. So he's an amazing guy to watch. Okay, so I want to talk about you a little bit and your style as a quarterback. I watched the interview you did, and you said that a lot of quarterbacks receive punishment, but you deliver it. And I just thought that was, first of all, a very tough quote. Like, that was very tough to say. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Well, what I mean is something I've noticed about quarterbacks, man, is like when they're in the game, it's like they, they could get them extra 10, maybe 15 yards. And it's just like they don't really exert the effort. The way I was raised and the way I came up from my coming is, you will always and forever have to exert that extra effort to get where you want to go. So I just really applied it to my game. And it's just like one thing I've also noticed is that half the time when quarterbacks slide, they don't really care. Mm -hmm. They still hit you. They still attack you. They still try to hurt you in some way, especially if there's some type of rivalry or animosity. It's not really a safe bet. So what's one thing that could keep you from truly being hurt? If you're the one, no offense, I don't want to come up. If you're the one hurting people. So when you're going at people and you're attacking them, that strikes a fear into them where it's like, you know what? Maybe if I leave this dude alone, he's not even going to bother my way. So that's just something that, you know, it's a mental thing. And maybe it's just something with me, but I will forever be that type of quarterback. Do I have to protect myself in certain situations? Yes, of course, and I understand that. But I will always be the one to – extend the punishment instead of receiving it. Yeah, that's very tough. <laughs> because I feel like quarterbacks, you think about them, they're usually protected. Like, if they have to run, like, they're going to make sure they do whatever they can to not get hit. But for you to not be even worried about that, you're just going to do what you have to do for your team is amazing. And then I also know you used to play on the defensive side. Yes. How has that helped you as a quarterback? When I played on the defensive side, it was more of like in the, the box, really, in the defensive line and the linebacker position. But, you know, it definitely has helped me with that toughness part. And another part that has helped me with that toughness part is my father. He is an extreme tough addict, alpha male. You know, he's always gave me that extra thing. And, you know, really, it's something about it when he talks, just pushes me me (laughs) every day. I think it's a father thing. I don't get it. But, yeah, it's just like, you know, that's something that helped me. On the defensive side, though, what helped me being on defensive side is that I could understand – like deep tackles and like when guys are showing blitzes and what holes they're trying to slant into. So that's, I guess that's the way the defensive side of me. Yeah. As the season was coming along, you were like, put anybody on the schedule, like what's up. And as a Northern grad, let me tell you, like that's what I like to hear because it's been a little minute since I've been able to talk that talk to other people. Like, my dad went to Central, like, so I know Norland Central real hot right now, but, like, for us to be at a place where we can compete with Central, like, says a lot. So where did you get that mental toughness that, like, whoever, like, like whatever, I mean, where did you get that from? When, like I said before, my father, he's an amazing, he's an amazing father figure, somebody I truly do look up to when it comes to being a man in general, but also something that my grandmother and my mother is, heavily into is the gospel. I fear I fear no man but God. That's the only man I fear. That's the only man I will forever fear. So why would I be scared to play anybody else? I play Chaminade. I play St. Thomas. I play St. John Bosco. I could care less. Like I said, I know I'm going to do what I need to do to help my team win. And I know that my team has got my back to do what they need to do to also help my team win. So when you have that confidence and when you work this hard and then you have God on your side, there's really nothing for you to fear. I know you talked a lot about your father. 
And I know you have an initiative about fathers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so basically, I have a fate. It's called Fate. Fathers are important, too. And basically, it's something that I noticed over the years because, of course, there's a little background on my dad. My dad, um, before meeting my mother, he also had um, currently his ex-wife. Where he and my three sisters, where I come from, he, you know, he was in a situation with them. And it was just like, you know, every something I noticed that everybody always, you know, teetered towards the mother. Not saying that mothers aren't important, too. Of course, we love women. Mothers are always important. You know, they probably go through the most and I respect them completely. But I'm not taking away from the fact of mothers. I just want to add in the fact of fathers. That's all I'm trying to say. Because in my opinion, fathers are important too. I've seen what my father has done for my life. And I've seen what my father has done for other kids in their lives. For kids who don't have that father figure. For kids who don't have that male figure in general. I've seen where not having a male figure could take a kid. And I've seen where having a male figure has changed the kid's life. So that's just something I really want to truly emphasize for my future and many other young young athletes, young kids, young men, young anybody, really. Yeah, that's incredible. And you're right. A lot of times, like, we hear so much about the moms and the, we don't always hear that same love for the fathers. Even looking at Mother's Day, Father's Day, like, just that in general, like, it's very different the way it's portrayed and it's talked about. So what are some of the things that you're doing through your FATE initiative to uplift fathers? Um, one of the things that I did to, like, first start my FATE initiative, I took, you know, a guy from a park, you know, he was a coach for a part, but he was also a great father figure to all those little kids out there, you know, because they were very young. They were like six, seven. And, you know, and it's just some of those kids didn't have a daddy. They had probably their mama, but the mama probably just drop them off at practice. And, you know, the, the coach is there. Now that's the male figure for the two, three hours that the kids out there. And the way <clears throat> the way I seen them just develop those kids, he improved their toughness, their discipline, their mental fortitude. Just so many things that a man truly needs to survive in this world today. He really emphasized those things, and especially working with my father as well. So what I did was I didn't want his actions to go unnoted. So you know I you know after one of his games I gathered everybody around at the park and you know I gave him a basket that would help him probably help make his life easier as a father. You know stuff that men need. You know. For example, probably something to help his kids, maybe some shampoo, some shaving cream, you know, anything that a grown man would probably need to make his life easier, being a single father. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's also amazing that you are still in high school, but you're already giving back and not giving back in the sense of like strictly directed at youth, because I know you're doing stuff with youth as well, which I want to talk about. But you're also looking up at father figures, at people and generations ahead of you and and showing them love as well. And I think that's incredible. So on the other hand, talk about the EJ initiative with the youth. The EJ initiative is just something that, you know, I realized that maybe kids will also need. It's like powering by ambitious, joyous youth. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, something that I wanted to do with that is like, I've been a kid before. I've know, I know who I've looked up to. I've seen them go to college. I've seen them in high school. And sadly, I've seen a couple of them pass away also due to unfortunate incidents. So it's just to have that big brother figure is something that I really want to emphasize. That's why I'm always going to practice with my father. I'm always out there with the kids. I'm always I'm just another add on to helping those kids become better in the future, because that's something that they did for me when I was a kid. You know, I grew up with Tiger. I grew up with I grew up with the lights out. I grew up with Colin. I grew up with all those guys. And they really took me in as their little brother, as that little brother. Yeah. 
I don't feel like I know a lot of young people who are doing that. I know a lot of people who want to do it once they get to a certain point, but for you to be doing it right now is incredible. So shout out to you. All right, so more about EJ. I need to know three words to describe your personality outside of football, just in life in general. Three words. Um, okay, I would say probably ambitious, bold, and then it's not it's not a word, but out of the way, because I don't I'll be out of the way. Okay, what you mean by out of the way? <laughs> so you, just, like, you just go to school, play football, and go home. Basically, <laughs> that's how it is. It's like I don't. I mean, like, do I have a personality? Yes. Like when people come talk to me, it's like, yeah, I'll talk. But you know, I'm not really a the most social when it comes to that. Like, I know how to socialize, and of course, I have the technical skills to be able to start conversation, a whole conversation. But it's just I would. I'm more of a to myself person. Like, I'd rather be at home. I don't party. I don't really you know. I'd be out the way because I've seen what being in the way can get you. So it's just. That's smart. It's very, very smart. Don't be in the way, getting in trouble. If you got to stay out of the way, maintain everything, be out of the way. Okay. So goals outside of football. What are some things you want to accomplish that have nothing to do with football? Goals outside of football. Uh, first, I want to retire my mother and my father. I want to, to be able to go in there and just tell them to stop working. I mean, I know, trust me, they tell me all the time. They can't wait for me to leave. <laughs> so, so they go do these big things. But, you know, I want to be able to support their dream because, you know, they're they're still a couple. I mean, they still love each other very much. They're still very have a very active romance life, and I see it every day. And that's just, you know, I just something I feel like I owe them, really, because from what they brought me from and what they kind of, you know, just protected me from everything, I just feel like I owe them that. A personal goal of mine, I mean, I would love to be able to complete college, you know, make sure I get my education, you know. And also, like, again, I don't know what that future really holds me that far. Do I have a plan that I'm following? Yes. But really, it's in God's hands. Whatever the path God takes me to, that's what I'm following. I love that. Okay, so now on the football side, what are some milestones you want to reach? Milestones I want to reach this season, I want to have 4,500 passing yards, and I want to have 500 rushing. Really, touchdowns a goal for me, probably maybe 35 to 36. But the main goal, make it a states. I have to make it a states, and I definitely have to get my seniors into college. I have to make sure that they go down that route. I have to make sure that I put them on that stage to where they could finally make it to that next level that we could – I, we definitely have a lot of underrated seniors. For example, Joaquin Reed had a ball out game, 150, 150 yards, touchdown, made some amazing catches. And then we have other seniors who didn't really, who hasn't really got the time to shine yet. Like Amari Lee is a, definitely a breakout kid that we would definitely see very soon. So it's just, I just want to do many things. And one more goal of mine personally is just that I really do want to break the passing record as a junior. I feel like that's an amazing thing that I could probably do. I want to break the passing record, and then I want to put it at a level where it's going to be there for a very long time. I wouldn't be surprised that you're hitting those 4,500 and 500, like not even at the end of the season, like well before. So yes. that's fun. Okay, so who are some of the players you look up to coming NFL? up? Yeah, NFL. Yeah, okay. I mean, one guy that I look up to that people kind of make fun of me for, Josh Allen. I mean, he's a great what? Josh Allen is amazing. I mean, he's amazing, but it's like, they they make fun of me for it because it's like I literally like 
I run the ball just like Josh Allen. Somebody I definitely look up to for a long time was Cam Newton, a great quarterback. You know, a great passer, first type of guy I look up to is Aaron Rodgers. I just love the flick that he has with his ball and the accuracy and precision that he throws with it. Sometimes it's just jaw-dropping, like I said. Okay, so what team are you a fan of? Because you just gave me a little bit of different people. I mean, I'm not really – I don't really have a team. It's, it's weird. I don't have a team. I mean, before it was the Panthers when Cam Newton was out, but – you know, after that, I'll stick with Miami because I'm from Miami. Okay. that That's acceptable. Any other sports you're interested in outside of football? Really, the focus has been football, football, football. But I definitely was a pretty decent baseball player, you know, because that's where my origins are from. I definitely I was a good pitcher. I was pitching, I believe, 80, 85 miles per hour. You just do everything. Well, like, this is <laughs> what? Um, I was invited to the Junior Olympics as a child when I was for shot put because I was really good at it. Um, I wasn't baseball, track and field. Keep going. I wasn't the best runner because you know from my brawl from my brawlic size, but I could still I still move pretty uh, at a pretty decent speed for my size. But definitely when it came to throwing things, I've always been top notch. Checks out as a quarterback. This all checks out. When did you make the transition from defense to offense? My eighth grade year of shopping, yeah. You know, because even when I was in Little League, they still needed me on that defensive side of the ball because I was I still had that aggression to me. And you know, when I made it to shopping, my dad told me, "Look, we can't do this anymore because that's not what colleges are looking for." So I respected it. I stayed on the offensive side of the ball. I improved my craft as a quarterback, and here we are. Okay. So what are some of the most fulfilling moments that you've had in your football career so far? I mean, so, you know, one of the most fulfilling moments, and it's really an underrated moment in my opinion because I feel like people will look past it. But, you know, a moment like Palmetto game after Central game and Booker T game, those are probably one of the worst two games I've ever played. I didn't perform really. And just to come back <coughs> Palmetto game, Palmetto wasn't a bad team. They were also a pretty decent squad. As a comeback and perform on such a good level, it really was like just a, it was a, it was a confidence booster and it allowed me to show that I could bounce back for anything. Um, that was just like a really bounce back moment. A moment like another great moment in my life, probably when I was an eighth grader and I threw for four touchdowns and like I had 400 yards. And that was during my eighth grade year at Shuffle Yard. It's just, that was, that was really a game where I was like, well, maybe I could really be a great high school quarterback. Yeah. Did you always want to play football at the highest level or did you have other dreams as a kid? It's definitely always been a dream. I mean, something that my dad always encouraged me to do. If I'm going to do something, I might as well, you know, shoot for the stars and land on the moon. That's something he's always told me. So it's just like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it all the way. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Something, I live in the DMV area now, live in Virginia, and something I always try to tell people is that Dade County, South Florida sports is just different. Like, I know they got all these teams in Vegas and here and there, and no disrespect to any of them, but when you grow up in South Florida, football is just different. How would you describe football, high school football in South Florida? It's like you're on a collegiate, it's like you're on a collegiate level almost. Not saying it is, but it's just like you're you're that much closer to it being collegiate. Cause like when you see a South Florida kid going to a college environment, it's almost like they were meant to be there. I can name so many kids, Ruben Bain, Mark Fletcher, Brandon Ennis, so many 
high school um, software athletes to go into college and just fit right into the environment. It just really shows like the type of talent we produce and the conditions that we have to play in and how it really takes us to that next level. So talk about your dad more. I know that you've mentioned him several times about being such an inspiration. What are some of the things that he has taught you growing up as a man that you really carry with you every day? I mean, many things that my father has taught me. One, he's taught me how to never, something that I even carry on me with to the football field to this day is to always strive through any type of, no matter how hard you get hit, no matter how hard, no matter how hard the situation might be, never just give up because that's something that he's always, it's like a pet peeve to him. He hates quitters. He hates quitting. He hates people who might just don't fight. So, it's transitioned to me in life in general. I don't like not finishing things that I've started. So, you know, it's just like, honestly, that's one of the main things that I can mention right now. And my dad also taught me, he taught me respect. He taught me that yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, it goes a long way. He's taught me so many just tedious things that young men I see today don't have that kind of separates me from them. A few rapid fire fun questions, or at least I think they're fun. We'll see how you respond. You got a big win, just won the game. What's your go-to song for your celebration? Raw Wave, any Raw Wave song. I mean- Oh my gosh. <laughs> Raw Wave, I mean, that's my, that's basically my whole album, Raw Wave. I feel like Raw Wave makes songs for like deep thinking, and relationships, like what what hype song you listening to? Like after the game from him, Rod Wave is my hype. I'm sorry. Okay, bro. just it don't matter the song. It just Rod Wave, period. Just put Rod Wave in my ear. I know it. That's so. I really thought you were gonna say like little baby or just somebody. Like I mean, yeah, they good too, but it's like it don't hit the way the same way Rod Wave do. Like when Rod Wave hit, it's just like it's. It, it's just, I like see like. It's yeah okay. I, now I feel like I understand more about you just based off that answer. Okay, what's your favorite thing to do outside of football? Uh, I'm a gamer. I play the game a lot. I'm really good at it. You know, I probably I probably could play competitively at gaming if I really wanted to and put it. But nobody's really been able to beat me when it came to gaming. But that's something that I really, you know, I really take fun it's my hobby i game a lot i love gaming okay so nobody has been able to beat you in the game it like it's just like that mad it mad it mad okay so you're not playing 2k 2k oh yes i play 2k too <laughs> so you get a 2k too I, I, I could play competitively in 2k too okay all right you play call of duty i could probably i couldn't play competitively competitively in call of, i definitely play it but that's too much. I can't play competitive. <laughs> That's too much. Because it's like it's, it's so many other it's so many other things that go into it, like sound cues and all that. It's so much. Okay, so Madden and two K, we competitive. Yeah. Call of Duty, we just Call of Duty. It's like I, I'm not. I don't suck. I'm pretty good at it, but it's just I'm not on that competitive level. Okay, got you. Another question: If you were stranded somewhere, which teammate are you calling first to come get you? You gotta know they're gonna answer the phone. You got to know that come, come save you. Who you calling? Terrence Honeywell. Okay. Why? Because, actually, no. You say you got to answer the phone? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant like somebody you can rely on, not answer the phone. Somebody, well, answering the phone is, is unreliable. I mean, 
as long as he answers the phone, then I can rely on him. But that's the problem. Okay. Um, okay. Who's 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 number two if if he don't answer? If he don't answer, I got some characters. You, know? <laughs> you just gotta call your dad. Okay, we gonna drop the teammates. I definitely got some characters, so it's like I, I know my teammates would be the last people I look at. <laughs> um. Okay, got to answer the phone first. So I feel like that's the thing. I know a lot of people who have do not disturb going all the time. Yeah, they so. all do. Trust me. Okay. So so maybe not teammates. I mean, <laughs> um, Isaiah Scott. Okay. Isaiah okay. Scott. So we got two reliable teammates. As long okay. as they answer the phone, they come as to As long as they answer the phone. <laughs> okay. If they don't answer the phone, call dad. Yeah. Okay. Another question, who is your GOAT in the NFL? And if you GOAT? don't like the GOAT question, because some people don't, who are maybe two or three of your favorite guys? Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, these are your guys. Yeah, I mean, I, there are other players that I like, but, you know, I don't have the same connection to them. You know, like, I don't see certain parts of the game like as other people probably see. As a quarterback, though, when I see those two players, it's like, it, it, it shocks me. Yeah. So you're looking forward to seeing what Aaron does with the Jets this year? Definitely. How far you think they go? First round playoffs. <laughs> I mean, that's something. Right? That, that's something. It's <laughs> farther than they've it's farther than they've been. Yeah, yeah. That that'll be interesting. Um, I'm glad they got Dalvin. I'm glad Dalvin found a home. He's playing with one of the greats. So looking <laughs> forward to that. But I think first round playoffs is very solid for the Jets team. <laughs> Go Jets. Okay. <laughs> is there anything that you want to share that maybe is a misconception about you or something that you've seen about you that you don't necessarily agree with? that you would like to speak to or maybe clear up? I mean, honestly, whatever you assume about me, whatever you think about me is what you're going to think. I can't change another man's opinion. Can't change what you think about me. I can't change how you feel about me. So honestly, all I can do is show you why it's not true. So there's nothing that I really want to say that I care to say because I honestly don't read into it, but nothing, nothing I can think of. I think that's a really good mindset to have. I always like to end with this question. Who is someone who's been instrumental in your life who you have not had the chance to tell? Who is that person and what is your message to them? It's two people. Okay. Um, Coach Keon is, I feel like, but I feel like I've told him that. That's why I put the second person in there. Um, Coach Rucker, my first ever quarterback coach. I feel like Coach Keon was a true blessing in my life. He was always – he's been somebody who, when he's came in, he's really changed the way I – like, I interact with people and the way I I take and receive information. And that's just something he's, like, helped me improve that mental part of my game. Coach Rucker was my first ever quarterback coach, and he's the reason – he's my foundation. He's something that's built me up. So, really, it's just – he's started EJ or any of your poor, really. He started me. He's the reason that I'm even here. He's the reason I'm playing quarterback in the first place. And I just appreciate him so much. That's awesome. Well, thank you, EJ. 
NEO, you're poor. I don't know what you want to go by, but I've just been calling you EJ like I've been knowing you for years. So <laughs> I hope that's okay at that point. It's good.